So I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. We talking about Twitter. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Never give up on the Steelers. This is a product of your journey, and your journey's not over yet. Woo! always trying to get eight pounds in a five pound bag that's not the one that's not the one but that's a good one too no we're not urinating on the fire man the fire still burns <laughs> if you were one of those fans who gave up in week four or week one even you know or, or week eight or week 12 or week 13 week 12 yes we any of the weeks you, oh, the Niners killed us. We're better off tanking. Mm-hmm. What do you say now? Super wild card weekend. It's never been more super. Mm-hmm. This is 18 weeks, and now it's down to 96 hours or so. I don't know. I'm not counting. <laughs> By the time you listen to this. Woo! Woo, indeed. Playoffs. Playoffs are here. Mm-hmm. Despite all the bad takes, we, you know, they we they tried. The bandwagon is open now. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we don't have sources, but we've got receipts. <laughs> it's what Jin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation. Exposing all your hot and toxic takes. I'm Kyle Kreiss. With me is Greg Benevin. Hello. Coming up in the second half, I talked to some of the Steeler fans who went to the Nashville game wow. and said, you know, Steeler Nation needs us. Wow. Uh, so we'll get to that in the second half. Interesting story there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's time to believe, right? <laughs> yes, you got to believe now mm-hmm. is the time. Mm hmm. Although I still seen people that are like, oh, I saw people uh, who were like, I'm not rooting for the Bills or, or if it would have come down to Bills Miami, uh-huh. I saw quote unquote Steeler fans who were like, I'm you know I'm not going to root against the Bills or something like what? what? You're, then who you're, cares? You're not a fan then, right? It, Luckily, that's so weird. Didn't matter. Luckily, yeah. it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But I'm here for the believers. There's some bad takes, but let's start with the believers. Hey. Let's get to these takes. Starting with at Devin Jacob Engel. Devin Engel. Steelers wide out George Pickens during Tuesday's media availability. Five years ago, I flipped my commitment to Georgia because I knew what it takes to win championships. This team has what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Believe that. Uh, I mean, you know, September, Super Bowl, <laughs> but here we are, January, and I'm like, why not? Why not us? Why not Absolutely. us? That's the whole, isn't that the entire point of the playoffs? Just get in. I mean, it's, speaking of Georgia guys, high draft picks from Georgia on this team. Didn't Jones, Broderick Jones, say a very similar thing? They shouldn't have let us kick the door down because if they do, we're going in or something even more convoluted than that, and they did. So, yes, this is, you know, does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know, but for the rest of this, this week at least you can believe and enjoy this and please do 
the door is open. You shouldn't have kicked it open or whatever. <laughs> it was even more confusing the way he said it. Um, Let's go to meme of the week at Blitzburg. Blitzburg. Hell yes. And we've got Tiger Woods on the left. He's all the mm-hmm. playoff teams. Then on the right, John Daly wearing the uh, purple Paisleys. <laughs> Are we, what are we, are we just like give zeros team? I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I got to say, I mean, I don't watch that much the NFL, but I watch enough of it to know that like the Buccaneers and maybe the Eagles should also be on John Daly's pants. <laughs> I mean, those are teams that they, they I mean, you you could say, oh, the Steelers kind of stumbled into the playoffs, even though they didn't. But the Bucks and Eagles definitely did. But, uh, but this is a good attitude to have as somebody that's old enough and remembers what it was like to go into the playoffs with all the pressure in the world. And, oh my God, it's Ben and the killer bees and is the window closing? He here, there's no window because we're just outside and exposed. You know, never has a seven seed uh, made it to the Super Bowl, and uh, uh, never did a six seed See, until we right. did. Until Absolutely, we did. and I still remember. I, I, I remember being in the Ross Park Mall with my old man at the end of what was it, 2005 in December, and we saw there was a kiosk selling shirts that said sixth seed, and we said, "Why would you ever <laughs> want to buy one of those?" And I think he spent the rest of his life wishing that he had. I know I'm going to spend the rest of my life wishing I had. You're exactly right. Yeah, where's a seven? We need a seven seed. I guess I have an old seven T-shirt that was just a Roethlisberg. Maybe <laughs> that'll be, I'll be sporting that. You this can weekend. put the masking tape with the THC next to it. Yes, seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about? Oh, do I have my email open? <laughs> How about at Steelers underscore DB Derek during their three-game win streak? Steelers offensive ranks fourth. In EPA per play, fifth in success rate, ninth in dropback EPA, 11th in dropback success rate, third in rushing EPA. That all sounds great if I knew what EPA expected plays. Yeah, expected pitches above average. I don't, it sounds like a baseball stat, but you know. But, you know, this was the offense that was the, you know, the worst offense in the history of the NFL. Since 1927, since the invention of the forward pass. Yes. I mean, they are heading into the playoffs with momentum. This is absolutely correct. Sure, you could say, like, oh, a lot of those defenses were bad or the Ravens sat four of their starters or whatever. And the response to that is, okay. They still have the momentum. That's fine. The offense is still playing better. You'd rather have the offense playing better against anybody versus uh, 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 they just kind of stumbled past some bad ones. I mean, however you win is fine, but these guys are playing with confidence. And the last time you could say that was uh, 2018? Uh, preseason. I don't know the yeah. preseason. <laughs> yeah. <I> don't know. <laughs> the perfect preseason. Right, right, right. During like the first play or two against the Niners. Yeah. Um, is this the secret to our success? Let's go to at MP Frazier, Mike Frazier. One of the big differences for the Steelers offense the last three weeks that cannot be understated. After 17 drops through the first 14 games, zero dropped catchable passes since week 16. It's uh, the you know the receivers are coming up to play as much as we we talk Mason, but you know it's also 
the O-line seems to be gelling, the yes. running backs, the tight ends, and, you know, it's this, everybody. This is, the, right, this is one more sign of momentum. This is one more sign of things building. And again, that also includes the zero drop catchable passes, including in that absolute nightmare weather conditions in Baltimore on Saturday, oh. where the teams, what is it? They mutually agreed at the half to switch footballs from the ones that were so waterlogged. I'd never heard of that happening before. But this is, I mean, this is, uh, dare we say it, this is one more sign of maturity of the wide receivers coming together. I mean, I kind of get the feeling catchable passes is kind of like a thing that's going to ebb and flow whether or not they drop them or not but again it's one more thing that's going up at the right time yeah what what, what would a catchable pass in this past sunday's game been you know? <laughs> right i mean it's, yeah. they they called the they called the one uh, thing a fumble i thought you yes, know if anything that right. was the exactly that looked like a forward pass or even the interception the one that mason has thrown in three games that could have been an interception that was dropped or the dj one where there was something weird whether it was the pass is right or thrown but that that was it i mean there there things are happening this is this team is getting better at the right time he can keep my tombstone or whatever i'll take the w put the tombstone in the back it's w's only uh speaking of w's at uh we'll go back we're, we're, we're sticking with at mp fraser mike. mike fraser Part two, remarkably, the Steelers are five and three versus playoff teams this year. Twice versus the Ravens, Browns, Rams, Packers. Lost to the Browns, Niners, Texans. You know, this doesn't sound, you know, this doesn't sound like a seven seed. It sounds like uh, they can scrap it up with anybody. Oh, heaven forbid, is, is the NFL a any given Sunday league? You know? Absolutely, 100%. And this, is, and this is better than many other teams in the playoffs, like the Dolphins. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's there are going to be years when you just don't play that many playoff teams so to have a winning record against them and even if you want to throw out the one game where they played some of the Ravens backups and you shouldn't because they had to win that game and it was on the road but even then it's still a winning record and uh, having a winning record against playoff teams is impressive in any year with any team not to mention five and one in the division if you would have said okay what are the expectations well let's go five and one in the division let's go five and three versus playoff teams you'd be like okay what uh what Mm -hmm. is this the uh you know run and shoot or something right or also is this team like 15 and 2 I think would be the other part of that as well if you were to hear that especially the greatest division of all time according to those statistics that go back to uh, when the team had the worst offense of all time as well what was it the since 1935 there'd never been a division where everyone had a winning record I mean that's maybe the only prediction that we we, we joked about it in the preseason like oh yeah they're saying all four teams are gonna have (laughs) 10 wins best prediction of the uh the season so far that as well as the fans that also like after that preseason absolutely hammered all those bets of like the Steelers win total eight and a half and went on the over those are the other people those are also the heroes who made those bets at the time okay but let's not you know it's let's not have a pep rally yet (laughs) uh because we've got some more expectations (laughs) starting with at Colin Dunlap it's better to make the playoffs than not for certain, but in my opinion, <laughs> the Steelers need to at least win one playoff game to show true organizational growth. It's been way too long to be satisfied with with uh, getting in. Um, you know, looking at the first off that there's no TJ, right. looking at the you know that the offense you, you know you're still maybe not guaranteed to be uh, greatest mm. show on turf. Right. Um, uh, but can you? I you know one thing you might not be able to argue. I don't know if there was true organizational growth. Certainly not in the offense. Maybe maybe just in the last month. Well, I mean that's just it. I think it's it it's 
I mean, this is something we'll be talking about for a lot of the months after this, regardless of what happens on Sunday. But true organizational growth might be if they did find a solution at quarterback and it is Mason Rudolph, then if that's the case, then it's impossible to argue they didn't have that's true. An yeah. organizational growth because they did find that. I mean, it's honestly it's I I'm and perhaps I'm being too easy on them here. It's you're too much of a homer. It's I can say they had true organizational growth to this point because at no point uh, in the last two years, and maybe even since some of the games in 2020 with Banner, some of those fourth quarters in 2021, has the offense ever looked like it has in the last three games, yeah. even in the rain, uh, even against the worst defenses in those prior years. Like, n- never seen anything like this in almost half a decade at this point. Certainly not for a consistent game. So yeah. right now I'm willing to say true organizational growth. And uh, I don't know, maybe there's growth in the coaching too in that you can take guys who didn't have jobs before Thanksgiving and are now forcing fumbles in games that count. I don't know. Maybe there has been growth all around. As I keep talking, I'm talking myself <laughs> into this. Well, I mean... We thought there was growth last year. You know, we went from yes. two and six, and we were like, oh, we're on the upswing, only to feel like we had to make that same journey again this season, where we, you know, I feel like we're, uh, who pushed the rock up uh, the Sisyphus, hill? Sisyphus, Sisyphus. You did. know, I feel like the journeys of last season and this season were similar, where we've had to overcome a lot, only to get right back to you know where we started or something uh, no sisyphus isn't a bad analogy at all because like when sisyphus would get the rock to the top it would fall back again which is very much what it felt like during the three game losing streak yeah uh and it's but i mean when we look back on this you know whether it's in the off season whether it's off of what happened sunday maybe it's even on what happened beyond sunday i mean it it very much we could get to the point where it's like hey there was progress the only sign of not progress was uh starting trubisky yeah, I mean, I that, mean that, that could that's get to that. That's on if. a real, and that's you know, and obviously that's a lot of things going into that. But if, but, but I mean, but you know, if those are their games, they lose. If those are their games, the offense looked its worst, and you know, it's hard to find a different suspect. But we're a ways away from that. I'm at the point where right now I did see some organizational growth. I don't know if I like to have seen it, if I saw as much as I would have liked to, but I do have to say I've seen growth to this point. It was certainly no nothing was left in the tool chest Absolutely. afterwards. Mm, um, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> let's uh, okay. Let's talk about this weekend's expectations mm. at S City Nation four one two Steel City Nation. Steelers have to start off either with a fast score or a long sustained drive against the Bills. They have to take the lead and hold it to make Allen throw and make mistakes. Um, I don't know. Is there any half? I think the only half to uh, which we've unfortunately suffered in recent playoff is just let's protect the ball. No turnovers. You, know? I, I, you kind of beat me to it. I was going to say the Steelers have to have the Bills uh, snap it over Allen's head yeah. and into the end zone yeah. on the first play. I mean, we, this all makes sense from uh, a standpoint of like as we sit here on Wednesday. But once this game actually starts, particularly with what bizarre that weather's going to be, we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, it, it, what, what what it's going to take to win this game. I mean, I people have talked a lot about that game. Kyle and I watched one of the first games we watched together where Bell got almost 300 yards in Buffalo in terrible conditions. I mean, this makes sense thematically about what it would take for the Steelers to pull off this big upset. But once you're actually in that moment and dudes are sliding around, it it could be something else entirely. I love the idea of take a lead, though. We haven't really seen Mace have to, you know, uh, come back from uh, too much well, you know. there was th- there was back and forth in the Seattle game, but yeah. it wasn't like. But the Seahawks were never up by more than four, I don't think. 
But um, but yeah, but the idea of, you know, Mason having to lead the big comeback is not something that we're ready for yet. But that's also because it hasn't presented itself, too. Um, yeah, let's hope it not. Let's talk Mace. Let's talk Mace in over here at PFF Steelers, PFF Pitt Steelers. Mason Rudolph on third down versus the Ravens. Seven for nine, 96 yards, one touchdown, 148.1 passer rating. That's the best. That seems like one of some of the best third down uh, we've seen all season. Uh, I, I, yes. I mean, these are these, it's a cliche at this point. These are video game numbers. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's interesting that you're like oh he was only you know he missed those two passes on third down they were only two passes he missed yeah i mean he had some uh, uh, um you know there were some ball security issues yeah, it's hard yes. to, you know it's hard to, when it's coming from the blind side it's hard uh, to... there, i mean the protection that was I, I know of the analysis i've listened to it i said the protection was maybe a little rougher upon a second viewing than it had seemed in the first but by that same token whether it's by luck or not just by being a big guy or being a headsy guy uh mason didn't turn the ball over even we jumped on the fumbles even with that weird like you talked about the ball popped up in the air like it came out of a yeah. box but yeah that's going to be key. Mm-hmm. Um, you want more video game stats? <laughs> At NFL on CBS. NFL on CBS. Most 60-yard pass touchdowns this season. Uh, number one, Tua Tagliovia, four. Number two, Mason Rudolph, three. <laughs> in three games. You know, if you if you made in three games, yeah. Mm. If you made the bet on, on anything <laughs> like this, if you made any Mason Rudolph prop bet. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no, no. You, you're Exactly. You, are pro- you, you can probably text Mason to tell him that you did. I imagine you're fairly close to him if you made any Mason bets. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's extraordinary stuff. And this is what, I mean, it's hard. You know, we've been joking about the preseason. We've been talking about the Niners game but it's hard not to think that in these last three weeks this is kind of what they always thought the offense was going to be this is what they wanted it to be this is it at its apex blueprint form yeah we just didn't know we would have uh you know that's like when Voltron swapped out the the guy in the pink I think for the princess I don't Voltron know Voltron if... was just before my time the, to- oh, okay. the toys were so cool and I know what it means about coming together and teamwork but yeah I I remember seeing the toys I think like oh man I should probably watch this cartoon I think they recast Voltron to a female uh, in the in one of the you know so oh, so we okay. re, we just had to recast Mace and now um, <laughs> okay more Mace love no that's even not the the worst uh, Mason analogy let's go to <laughs> at Stats Guy Daniel Daniel Valente the only quarterbacks this season who have recorded a passer rating of 112 in three straight games Brock Purdy MVP candidate mm. Dak Prescott MVP candidate mm. Mason Rudolph just crazy Mister December. Mm. Steelers wouldn't even be thinking of the playoffs if it wasn't for Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we put Mace in this category yet? What's the sample size we need? I I would hope the minimum is more than three games. I don't know if it is. I mean, it's been a long time since I looked at Steeler a, 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 at league MVP numbers because it's not like I ever worried about a Steeler getting that in my lifetime. I mean, it's it, there's never been a real candidate. Even Ben was, I think, I, I want to say Ben made the finals a couple times, but I have no idea if that actually happened. It, I do agree with the Steelers wouldn't have... They be thinking of the playoffs if it wasn't for Rudolph and what Rudolph's done. I mean, it's just it's just remarkable. I I, I got no words for it. And it's the kind of thing that honestly, uh, until the season ends, however it ends, wherever it ends, it really won't sink in. More Mason hyperbole. Heating up. At City of Six, Allegheny Andy. Believe it or not, Mason Rudolph now leads the NFL in 
average completion percentage, 76%. Average passer rating, 117. Average QBR, 72.9. Has, you know, uh, asterisk minimum 50 completions. Um, so if, if if he's on this trajectory for the next three games well, the, in Super Bowl bound. Uh, uh, absolutely. And I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I can't ima- imagine Mason clears that minimum 50 completions by too much. I imagine that is just over uh, uh, that in the three games, maybe. I don't know if, the, if it was a minimum 100 completions. I don't think he'd be there. I don't know if he'd be there at 70, but that's not the point. Mason has done everything that's been asked of him when he's on the field. He Actually, now that I think about it, he's done everything that was asked of him when he was off the field, too. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is, you know, this it's, it's a pretty remarkable story just to get to this point. And again, I don't think it's sunk in because uh, we're all so used to being negative. You wanted something even more totally outrageous? Finish him. We're going to <laughs> at S City Nation 412, Steel City Nation. Who should start wildcard weekend? Mason R- Rudolph. 90%. Can he wow. pick up one? The only he did the only thing that was impossible. You he united all of Steeler Nation. Probably, well, nine out of ten. Only oh, Mason. <laughs> I think it was Mr. Spock who said only Nixon could take us to China. <laughs> yes, it was. And it was in uh, Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country. Why do I know that? But yes, but it's, but also too, like, but, but that's just how remarkable this poll was. I mean, if you pulled Steeler fans and said, do you actually like the Steelers and want them to win this game? I don't know if you get to 90% on that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, there were people, yeah, there were people saying, do you want to tank for a better pick, you know, <laughs> people who said, oh, we're better off at six and ten. Right, uh, exactly. So if you pulled Steeler fans and said, do you want the team to win, it wouldn't make 90%. Okay, we're going long in this first half, especially because we got to talk to Because we finally teams. get positive stuff to talk about. That's why we're going long. Uh, we can't, uh, we can't leave my coach's name out the mouth. Indeed. At uh, where at? Okay, hold on. Cameras mm-hmm. at David M. Todd. David Todd. This idea that Mike Tomlin would consider walking away from the Steelers is actually even dumber than the idea that he's possibly getting fired. Uh, why this week? Why the week of playoffs after he just did one of his best? Uh, one of you know one of his one of the tough one of the toughest coaching situations. Is yes. it his best? I don't know, but um. Uh, why is the why is the conversation now that oh it's time for him to leave he's leaving he's not leaving he's walking off into the distance like the incredible hulk at the end of the show i mean it's even more bizarre than him getting fired i agree with i, I don't agree with all of david and todd's takes i do tend to agree with this one i mean i've heard that there's also been some rumors that this is something tomlin's camp wanted out there so as to get more money in this next negotiation that feels a bit ridiculous too but maybe it's not impossible my theory and i have nothing to back this up but it, it certainly doesn't seem crazy to me is that tomlin was talking to jay glazer maybe over a drink maybe just sitting there and said you know this is exhausting some days i wish i could just walk away from this <laughs> yeah. and take a break and all of a sudden we're talking about this one offhand comment from a very stressed person at the most stressful time for the next two weeks uh let's listen to because the adam Schefter had one of the jay glazer had one of the reports but then adam mm. Schefter was the one that uh they all were talking about on twitter now let's listen to exactly what he says and it couldn't be <laughs> less official than anything let's take a listen here and there are some people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could decide eventually to take what? some time off, like what? Sean Payton did. Maybe take what? a year off. We'll see if that's something what? that's on his mind. <laughs> there are some people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could decide eventually, eventually 
to take some time off like Sean Payton did. Maybe. Maybe. Like a, didn't Sean Payton, wasn't he kind of uh, forced to? Uh, wasn't it, was it necessarily, a, 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 you know, a voluntary? Right. It wasn't like he was just, yeah, he said, like, I'm going to chill at the cabin. Also, wasn't there kind of that huge, like, headhunting kind of scandal thing? But I, 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 it was. it's the last sentence that crushed me that made me laugh. We'll see if that's something <laughs> on, that's on his mind. That is the most vague statement you could say about anything. We'll see if that's something he thought about. Well, that is some in-depth reporting gumshoe oh i just you know i just can't i somewhat resent that yes thank you yes <laughs> okay so that's what everyone's talking about you know mm-hmm. on the on the yeah, it's just on the on the week where the conversation should be about how he brought this team back from injuries and uh and uh, canada and etc right. and he's coaching against his good buddy someone that came yeah. up from the same place i mean there's so many other stories about tomlin and we're getting this weird one i don't know i mean this is maybe this is still to get the last vestige of the burning embers of the fired and trade tomlin clicks i don't know it's like people are just always reaching. Well, well, we didn't have a losing record, so we can't fire him for that. Well, he may want to just quit on his own now, so maybe that you know, he, you know what? I, I'll give people this. It's getting close to the age where he's going to be Grandpa Tomlin, right? When, That's not you crazy, know maybe yeah. five, I could see within five years of that, and when that happens, then uh, you know I bet there's some more credulity, right? And, and that, no, that's not a bad point, especially because it's like, well, what's he going to do? Spend more time with his sons? Aren't they both getting out of college soon? Aren't they both in college right now? The one's yeah. still the receiver up there at Boston College. Um, let's get to who? Someone I agree with mm-hmm. at Real Wilt. Will Thomas. A lot of people owe Mike Tomlin an apology. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And you can tell people project their fears onto him during the middle of their season struggles with the Steelers when they were calling for him to be fired. Uh, I'll, I'll say one thing. Um, it's it, you know it's not just how you start, it's how you finish. But in the NFL, it really is all of the above. If we you yeah. know we one of those three games, uh, take one of those back, and we're. Uh, we're actually the higher seed than the Browns because right. of the tiebreaker, you know? Mm-hmm. So you know, take that Browns game back and we're the higher seed, you know, take uh, any of those first, any of those three. But then again, take some of those one score games we came back from and we would have been just as bad as the Pats or something. Yes. And, and, and by that same token say, okay, they win that game against the Browns and then they're higher seed. The Browns. Great. They have to go back to Houston where they got blown out. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's Buffalo. This is Buffalo is a great team and Buffalo can absolutely win the Super Bowl. But they also haven't seen Buffalo already. They haven't been, frankly, embarrassed by that team. Would it be different in Houston with Mason? Maybe. But I mean, it's I can't say I'd feel any better about going to Houston than I would about going to uh, Buffalo or Kansas City, in all honesty. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, we, uh, we don't worry about the Joneses. No, but mm-hmm. but I'm you know I, I'm happier to be against the Bills than the than Kansas City. To, I mean personally, I don't know. Oh, I, I mean I can flip a coin with that, but just yeah. only because the the Chiefs' defense is better than it has been in the past. But I mean they have the, I, the Steelers haven't ever covered Kelsey with Mahomes. So yeah, I I I'm fine with this Bills matchup because there is no easy matchup because it's the playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. At B-Wall, B-Wall, good morning with the graphic. Ravens, since 2020, 1-7 record versus the Steelers, which is just funny to me. It's like, this is Tomlin's worst era. And mm-hmm. only, the t- only the time we dominated, uh, you know, the most important games of the season. So, um, it, you know, it doesn't really matter. Or does it? I guess it does. It, this see, it's, one of the, it's also one of those things that from the Ravens' perspective, it absolutely doesn't matter until the moment it does. 
Like, it doesn't matter until it's the most important thing, until they lose a game that's very serious for them, until, you know, they don't uh, uh, run up the score on the rest of the league that apparently has no idea of how to defend Lamar. Like, they can't look at the Steelers' game plans from the last so many games. And not every team has a T.J. Watt. I understand that. But, you know, I mean, before Flores came to the Steelers, the Steelers used part of the Flores blueprint that he had at uh, the Dolphins to stop Lamar. And I guess others just haven't quite put that together. Let's give more flowers to my coach. How about now? Nah, let's let's move on. Let's, okay. You know, can't give him everything. How That's... about uh, we'll go all the way to at Stats Guy Daniel? The Steelers' expected win-loss record over the last two seasons is fifteen and nineteen per PFR. Instead, they went nineteen and fifteen. Instead. Fourth year in a row, the Steelers exceeded their expected record. I don't think badly coached teams would overachieve like that. Yeah, everyone, you know, preseason said uh, this is a nine and eight at best, or even last year they were saying worse than that. And, uh, you know, expectations exceeded. Um, It seemed like the best bet this year would have been putting it on the Steelers on eight and a half wins. Yes, and it was. And a lot of people posted their receipts uh, after the Ravens game and showed how they cashed out. uh, This, uh, by the way, is another one of those tweets. If you want to see people very angry, go search this tweet from Stats Guy Daniel and see a lot of angry, yelling people upset that the Steelers won as many games as they did. I mean, this is like, it's, it's very similar to something I read in The Ringer, which it was a fascinating perspective I hadn't thought of, which was about... You know, uh, Tomlin, you know, winning a lot of games, but not winning in the playoffs. And what this person, a national person, put into perspective that I'd never thought about, his take wasn't that Tomlin hasn't had bad, uh, uh, you know, bad quarterback play for the last 34 games or whatever. His theory was he hasn't had it since Ben in 2018. And that that yeah. is what's led to everything. And that, that you know, and, and so that when he put it that way, I was like, oh, oh, OK, I, I get it. That's that's a national perspective that makes a lot of sense. And maybe that's what, you know, maybe they're starting to come out of that and we can turn things around here even more. We've been dependent on fourth quarter so long we didn't realize that it's been happening. We've just been accustomed to it. You know, it's not just been Kenny who has been struggling. You know, it's been. Ben uh, would do the same thing that last year. Auto's second half comebacks. Mm hmm. So, all right, let's uh, let's take our break because coming up in the second half, you know, the Steeler fans who went to the Jags Titans game hey. to make sure that Steeler Nation uh, was there to let them know that we were going to sneak into the playoffs <laughs> or sneak it. What is it? Sneak in? I don't know. We earned it. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and anything else? I don't know. And maybe some more notable notes. Oh, maybe the new uh, Here We Go song. I don't know if I'm loving the lyric choice, but, you know, what? who am I to nitpick about stuff like that? But I'll do it. All right. That's coming up in the second half. Remember the heartbreaks.
second half of Wild Card Weekend. Woo. We didn't have any special celebrity performances for you. <laughs> Instead, we've got more. Hot, this is even hot takes. These this is actually takes, yeah. this is actually some of the cool, coolest thing. This is makeup for all the you know all the whole season of blame Canada. You know at seasons at Ohio State blame Canada at the Lincoln mm -hmm. Memorial blame Canada. <laughs> Finally, some uh, some good karma mm -hmm. at Aaron Smith twenty six. Aaron Smith never disrespect the terrible towel Jaguars. That's right, Myron Cope and the terrible towel undefeated in life. Uh, you know, I don't know if you believe in uh, the jinx or not, but man, it seems like it's always coming up. I mean, it's it's. We saw it with the Titans. We saw it with the Bengals. But I mean, this was particularly dramatic. What were they, these guys were what two and six down the stretch, and I, I mean, I remember sitting in this chair on an episode of this show saying like we barely had time to talk about it. But the Jaguars' response to the terrible towel in that game was weird. Taking it from a <laughs> fan and waving it, and then going on about it in the locker room, like you would have thought they were a team that had been one and seven against the Steelers in four years and saw them every year, which was not the case. Uh, it was, it was, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe you don't believe in the curse of the towel, but maybe you do believe in guys uh, winning a game and thinking we've arrived halfway through a season and then kind of going on autopilot. That's a joke to me. You know, not 60 minute man. It's not over mm -hmm. until the final whistle, 18 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got a lot of help. It, it, I always say it takes all 52 helmets plus. Uh, but in this case, this weekend, it took more than, uh, oh, I lost my, uh, took more than 52. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How can I find? There it is. There we go. At Damashek, Dave Damashek. It takes a village. And we got the picture of Vrabel as a Steeler. His last act as coach is to get the win to put the Steelers in. <laughs> And then they let him go. That one, they shouldn't have let him go. I mean, that team played so hard for him. I, I know they had some problems. And two, seeing that picture of Rabel made me feel unspeakably old. Yeah. I'm sure I was at that game. Like, oh, my word. And also, that Steelers turtleneck, really sweet. <laughs> um, he's not the only one. Mm hmm at BT Steel Curtain, behind the Steel Curtain. Thank you for your service, old friend. Terrell Edmonds came up with the big pick yes. uh, for the Titans. You know, um, uh, people are still saying, hey, I, I, we would take him take him back next year. I don't well, know. I mean, I don't know now after they found three. After apparently you can just call like any random name in your contact list and they can start as a safety, as we've learned this last year. Also, but I mean, what was amazing about Terrell Edmonds in that game was that that's why the Steelers let him go because KZ got more turnovers. And then here's Edmonds in this game just bawling out with turnovers. It would take more than just former Steelers. We would need more help. <laughs> Digging down at B. Pryor, Brooke Pryor, spotted in the stands at M&T Bank Stadium. It's the, the lone Steeler fan in a Devlin Hodges jersey. That's hardcore. Not only did the, the Steeler fan go to the, the Nashville game in their Devlin no, Hodges. No, M&T Bank Stadium is Baltimore. Oh, that's Baltimore. That's, that's oh, at oh. the Ravens game in the Inner Harbor. Mm-hmm. But you'll notice the guy, it, what's great about this picture, everyone around him is wearing his poncho. This man's Duck Hodges jersey is all the protection he needs. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, I, geez, I was stupid about that. No, 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 no. It's still yeah. remarkable. Look, if you're going anywhere in a Duck Hodges jersey, that's pretty amazing. You're going into the Ravens stadium with it in a downpour and not wearing any <laughs> kind of head covering. You, I mean, you're, that's as close you're going to get to being an actual Duck. 
I once wore a William Gay jersey into <laughs> Jets Stadium, um, and I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of comments that day. So, <laughs> um, but I represent. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, well, this this one was definitely in Nashville at Igua Nine. Jim Goodrich. I swear I saw a Lambert jersey in the crowd, so it wasn't just. Uh, Young Duck fans, it was uh, OGs in the Nashville area. Absolutely, and I and you know, if I had nothing else to do, uh, I mean, I'm in Nashville. It's Sunday. It seemed like a nice enough day. It didn't seem too cold. I imagine tickets were pretty cheap. Folks were looking to sell them. Why not? I mean, I, you know, you don't know if that's the last time you get to root for the Steelers that year at that point. So yeah. Well, we've got two of those Steeler fans who went viral. Wow. From. The Stealing with the Boys podcast. Jawan Williams, Trey Campbell, welcome to What Jin's Talking About. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, it was it was a crazy weekend. It was Jawan's yeah, birthday too, so Jawan could tell you. Tell yeah, you this is this is my uh, actually my birthday weekend. Uh, I had my birthday on Saturday, so this is like the best weekend ever for real. For real, no wow birthday. So. Uh, let me start. When, when did you decide you were going to go to the Titans-Jags game? So we uh, actually, uh, we've been talking about it all week. And we decided, it was like, if we're up at the two-minute warning, uh, we're going to get the tickets. And so I just went on ahead and get it. Because as soon as like the game kept going along, the tickets got higher. So I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and get them right now. And it was actually in the Jags section. So that's a plus. That's right. We were right behind the right behind the Jags in section 115 about well probably about 10 rows up and uh man it was it was an experience and when Juwan we were in the group chat our group chat and Juwan was like yeah I'm getting the tickets and we're going I was like we're all in we're all in we we're all in on that was it hard to get tickets you, you said that prices kept going up was it uh I mean like how hard was it to to find tickets actually it wasn't that hard actually the tickets was uh it's crazy to say but the tickets was as low as nine dollars what for the yeah. upper section yeah for the upper section it yeah. was nine dollars so i don't know i've never heard of like tickets being that low but i guess since you really don't have nothing to play for then right I mean, Titans fans it actually was crazy to see like there was um a lot more jags fans than i um anticipated and a lot less titans fans than i anticipated as well so it was one of those things where it was like they probably had to just sell sell tickets they were just throwing them throwing them up there and it's crazy because like on third downs it was you'll see like the terrible towels everywhere and it's it was crazy to see bro. how many Steeler fans do you think you saw there well you know was it was it noticeable you said I mean you could notice it on third down so obviously it was noticeable yeah, yeah you could notice it on third down I mean you would see the terrible towels I would say I, I don't know up, upwards of probably 50 from what we could just see like seeing the lower sections not really looking too much but I mean, there there were Steelers fans everywhere. It, it was kind of it was kind of insane to see. Especially we at met Nathan's three stadium. of them. Yeah, we met three of them. Actually, uh, a guy we met, his mom and dad was on the first ones that was on the TV. Oh yeah, yeah. With so, his yeah, was, jersey on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like I think it was, I think it was two of them at the uh, by the field goal uh, post, and then I seen one in like the upper like two hundred section. Yeah. What uh, you know? What did the 
What was the reaction from the people sitting around you? Were they like, what Steelers fans here? You know, like, what was it that kind of reaction or were just people embracing that you were rooting against the Jags? I think, I think the majority of the people were, uh, yeah, definitely with us. I mean, the Titans fans were happy to see us. I mean, I had, so my girlfriend's a Titans fan and, uh, I had a, a Titans jersey on under all my, under my Steelers jacket and all my Steelers stuff. So they were really, uh, they were heckling me about that. But, uh, and then majority of the time it was just Jags fans yelling at us. Like, what are you guys doing here? You're not in Pittsburgh and things like that. So that was my experience with it anyway. They was act- actually shocked. So when I first got there, well, besides that, let's start with this. I went to the Jags Steelers game in Pittsburgh. So wow. I seen the whole, the whole of them grabbing the terrible towel and waving it. So I already had, I already was thinking revenge. So when I first got there, uh, I went straight to the bottom level. And I uh, I have a video of it. I went straight to the bottom level, and I was just talking mess straight to them. And everybody around us was, like, shocked. They was like, what, what are y'all doing here? And, like, I was just going right at 42. I forgot his name, but I was going right at him. That's the only one I was really looking at. And then, like, during, during the whole game, it was basically, like, the Jags fans was pretty pissed. <laughs> because like every third down we were just in their face and we were just talking the whole time. What is Nashville a Steelers town? You know, I, you know some of these like new like L.A. has good Steelers bars. I know New York does. Is Nashville kind of like that when it comes to Steelers fans? Now I would say Nashville. I mean, I've been here for two and a half years now, um, but Nashville. I mean, it's kind of close to not far from Pittsburgh. So before Nashville had a team and things like that, I feel like a lot of people gravitated towards the Steelers so I, I I feel like there's a big Steelers fan pre- presence down here and um I mean there's I'm trying to think of like all the Steelers bars there had there are but um, there's up. a good amount when of Steelers bars around when is the only one and we the never go there because we're 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 winless there <laughs> yeah we're winless there so we stopped going there <laughs> stop going <laughs> What? How did you find out that you were starting to go viral? That the CBS cameras had picked up on you? Uh, were you aware of that when that was going on? Uh, the funny story about that, I had. Well, I think we all got like probably fifty texts like right in a row. <laughs> um, a bunch of my friends were calling me. I couldn't answer all the calls. Uh, then they were sending us videos of it. And I'm like, wow, we were really just on TV for you know swinging the terrible towel <laughs> and getting that going. Um, but yeah, Joan, I don't know if you have a story about it too, but they were just calling our phones. I just thought it was just going to be like a one-time thing. Cause once Trey said like we was on, no, we said, we saw the, uh, the dude's mom and dad first on TV and then they showed us. So I'm like, Oh, we on TV. But I heard it was, they were showing us multiple times. So I was like, Oh, so like we were really getting recognition. And then once I just saw like every Stiller page. And then CBS Sports posted us, and then we I seen us on uh, NBC. So I was like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, we were on like the NFL um, final, um, game day final or whatever too, and everything like that. So it was really cool to see. Um, and I, I we have a couple of tweets right now with our uh, Stealing with the Boys Twitter and um, from my personal page uh, that are going pretty viral right now. I know one of mine has 100 and some K views. Wow. And a bunch of retweets and and uh, like so that that was really cool to see. Yeah, I think the most on mine is I think I'm at eight K right now. Nice. What I loved about it is because you know all season 
some of the narrative is, you know, that you've seen these like fire Canada chants from, you know, Ohio State or from different places. And I think you kind of counterbalanced that. You brought back the energy by, uh, you know, like being a positive Steeler force, uh, you know, out of town like that. Right. Yeah. And that, that was a cra- another crazy thing, like another crazy time. Like they're chanting that at games that I would never expected it to be chanted at. It was like, and like you said, Ohio State, they were doing it on every single time. Pat McAfee was on the TV or things like that. And then even like hockey games, like random hockey games, they were chanted. So that was kind of a wild time, you know, to be a Steelers fan. And then, uh, you know, trying trying to bring some positivity back in. We're, we're on a roll. we got to keep it going. But Let's talk about uh, your podcast, uh, Stealing with the Boys. Um, how long have you been doing that? What uh, what type of things are you talking about? I can start you on if you want. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so we started um, probably we, – we were in a group chat, our whole like our whole friendship, us three. Um, we're in a group chat, and we were just talking about it, and we are like, we talk about the Steelers literally every single time we talk. Why not start a podcast? So uh, the beginning of the year when, like, free agency started hitting and everything, we did uh, our first episode, like, when we signed Isaac Siomalu and um, those types of guys. Um, so we did our first episode after that, and then we just kind of kept it rolling um, going into the season. Um, so that was at the beginning of the season, but this is our first first year, you know, following, following the Steelers and making a podcast out of it. We actually should talk about, like, all the way back like we actually yeah. met the Nashville Steelers fan club on Facebook. So we met there and then uh I seen that we they have like meetups at winners and losers. I think that's what the bar is called. And so I met them there and ever since then we started a uh like how Trey said, we said we talk about Steelers all the time. We're diehard Steelers fans, we might as well start a podcast. So that's what we did and ever since then we been on the ground with it. That's awesome. You can follow them at SWTB podcast, Stealing with the Boys podcast. Uh, Juwan, happy birthday. Trey, thanks so much for taking the time. You, It was your energy that took us over the top in my, you know, I, I'm not I'm not one to believe in, uh, you know, jinxes or good luck charms, but if I think you guys helped us take it over the top. Man, I, I, believe, in, I believe in the terrible towel curse, and as soon as uh, – as soon as they did that, and I knew it would come back and bite them some way, somehow, and it just happened to happened to be in Nashville, um, week eighteen. Some consider us uh, heroes, so I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, we saved the day. You know, I'm Here one of go. them. I one of them. I salute you. Um, <laughs> thanks for taking the time to hang out with me. Maybe we'll see you. Uh, hey, maybe you know the, the journey's not over yet. Maybe we'll cross paths again before the end of the year. That's right. Okay. I hope so, man. I, Go Steelers, and uh, thanks for having us on. I really appreciate that, and thanks for shouting us out and all those things. Really appreciate that as well. Yeah, thank you for everything. The Renegades in the playoff race. Watch out for us. Couldn't win for sticks. Uh, okay. All right. I'm not going to complain about the past. It's playoffs. That's a shame, right? Oh, yes, we are not looking back. All right, some odds and ends. I found this interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, at PGH Steelers Now, Steelers Now, Tony Dungy shares that Mike Tomlin said he moved on from Matt Canada because Canada couldn't even be himself. The quote was, 
I needed to do it because everyone was feeling the crush of it. Matt Canada couldn't even be himself. What exactly does that mean? Does that mean on the field? Does that mean off the field? You know, I could imagine off the field, he's probably, you know, avoiding going to the gas station like Cower used to do and, and stuff like that. Is that what he means? Or is it just talking about the playbook? I mean, it. It's hard not to think of that comment as just all-encompassing, as including both. I mean, certainly you'd want to be avoid out being out there. But then again, in public, it's even if you're the most vociferous Steelers fan, like if you're just looking at somebody for 10 seconds, it might be hard to tell if they were Matt Canada. I'm not sure he's out there wearing the big <laughs> straw brim hat at the golf station. But I can kind of I can certainly see it on the field where if you really do think that you're in danger of being fired or you're hearing all and everything just seems like it's coming down on you at all seems so bad i can really see that influencing your play calling i'm not sure that was the case but i can think that might have happened so yeah and tomlin who's been around enough people in high pressure situations over the course of the last uh, decade plus i can he probably saw both of it and this makes a lot of sense you know, if uh, Matt had to leave the booth to, to the field, he never did that. Then, mm -hmm. um, you know, who I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess that's uh, speculating. And um, we can't speculate. Yeah, you know, some regulating there. But uh, interesting. I hope there's, you know, I hope there's more to it. I to learn more. I, I'm curious. Um, this um, this uh, was a surprise to me. Yes. At PFF Steelers, P PFF Pit Steelers. Isaac Sayamalu did not allow a sack all season on 551 pass-blocking snaps. Wow. I, you know, I, th I would have said the narrative this season was poor O-line play, but mm -hmm. um, I guess the, the, the unsqueaky wheel doesn't need grease or something. Yeah, and I almost wonder if, it, since all the narratives have to be recontextualized in the course of the last three weeks, I wonder if it maybe becomes inconsistent O-line play because obviously Sumalu was tremendous in pass blocking and yet and, you know Broderick Jones it, we've heard is the exact opposite you know as a rookie great at run blocking and his pass blocking is still an adventure or even just <laughs> you know just looking at the Ravens game like I mean uh, Dan Moore really struggled with whatever's left of Kyle Van Noy and uh, you know so that related uh, got to Mason getting hit a lot but that's not on Sayamalu but you think oh geez the offensive line didn't play so great well Sayamalu did Everybody else gets a little tight. Yeah, he's the veteran. He he's mm -hmm. been there. You know, we'll see what happens this. Uh, we'll see what happens this game because Indeed. you know Dan Moore first time in a no no that's not true. He played. He was in the Chiefs yeah, game. Yeah, I think yeah he was in the Chiefs game. Um. Okay. So take back everything I said for the last <laughs> three years. Um. This I don't know. This was just me maybe at Yin mm -hmm. Central, Michael. I've seen guys carted off the field all season to see TJ walking by himself is a major relief. Um, to me, I was like, even if we don't know how severe that injury is, why are we making him do this 300 yard, you know, thing for the cameras? He's looking tough and all that. But, uh, I, you know, I'm glad that's the best case scenario, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, if that would have been the worst case scenario and he would have been out for uh, 12 months, right. then why is he up there walking? I, you know, yes. that was a big question mark. To and, me. and we were, and you and I yeah. commented on that at the time watching it. Why is he, and, and why is wherever it is, he has to go so far <laughs> from where the field was at M and T bank stadium. It, I mean, what I thought of, I remember being at the game, uh, the last game before, uh, the playoffs around the Super Bowl 43, where Ben did go down and did get carted off. And then of 
course, came out and was fine and beat the Chargers on the way to the Super Bowl. But I mean, it's but just because there was any injury, potential injury to his foot, they put him on the cart and immobilized it so as not to make it worse. Whereas we did none of that in far, far worse conditions for TJ. Yeah, it is a pebble in my shoe. I know, but these pebbles have been getting bigger. And, and if there know. had been an actual pebble in his shoe, the injury could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about this little fun fact? At Ian Whetstone, Ian Whetstone, with the NFL regular season over, I can update my annual list of the 25 highest earning Steelers in their career. Cam Hayward moves into number two, uh, only the second Steeler to make 100 million. TJ Watt jumps to three. New additions are Minka at 16, Deontay Johnson at 22. Wow. And we've got uh, the top 25 here. Um, You know what is fascinating to me is that Chris Boswell has now made more in his career, $31.8 million, than Jerome Bettis, uh, $30.5 million. Um, What else is interesting on here? The people who have done it in the fewest years, Deontay in only five years, is now a top 25 earner. I mean, it just shows how the money changes at uh, how, you know, uh, inflation and uh, uh, the value of the dollar. I mean, it's it's hard uh, for me not to immediately look to, uh, you know, Kiesel, the seventh round pick and James Harrison, the undrafted player to see them uh, 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 make such extraordinary money doing this. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's OK. It's not until A.B. you get to a non first round pick and then the next one after that is to it and then Hines. So of the top 12 that's what nine first round picks if not 10 that uh, shows how important those are right you can see why joey porter is mad he's 32 and not 31 (laughs) or whatever right you know um but deontay you know don't be surprised he gets another contract yeah Um, i mean it's it's you know it's one thing we knew deontay was a possession receiver i'm not sure we knew he could outrun dudes for 80 yards in the rain (laughs) yeah that good point right where was that rain although it was the worst conditions ever until Mm. he had to sprint to the end zone right um anything else about this list uh i guess not um all right let's move on to oh let's let's do the final word to at matthew luke luke luciao 92 matthew luciao that guy's name Roger Wood's newest version of the Here We Go song is here. It's the 2023 version. But is there controversy? For the first time ever, no QB in the lyrics. Mm. Um, It's like... I know you just put this together this week, yeah, Roger. And I appreciate uh, <laughs> the work ethic. I got to say, any criticism comes down to that. I guess I never realized it was just one guy doing this since, what, 1980, whatever. He was uh, definitely doing this in the 90, 90s. 95, I believe. Okay, okay. So we're coming up on 20 years of this guy doing yeah. it. And it's and I imagine it was a lot harder to record this in 1995 <laughs> than it is today. Oh, yeah, 95, he probably had to rent out a recording studio. Right. Now he's just uh, plugging in a... Uh, an app to his yes, iPhone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Which is so. I mean, so it's it's. I'm glad this got easier for him. But I mean, but that's. But I mean, while it could be, you know, a controversy that he didn't mention the quarterbacks. I feel like by doing this, he actually made there be less controversy than if he had. Well, let's hear. Here's the new version. The uh, the QB missing lyrics to gotcha. the new Here We Go song. Coach Tomlin is ready to win. Here we go. With Johnson, Fryer, Luth, and Jalen Warren. Here we go. 
You know, I, you know, okay. it's, it's okay. It's not horrible. Um, well, there's also 11 guys in the offense. Like, and it's, I can see it being a, a struggle to find something that rhymes with Fryermuth or Siamalu. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm always willing to give someone the benefit of the doubt, considering they probably did this, like, while the, while, you know, right after the Titans game. Like, it's, when did he start this? Uh, 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 you know, Sunday at five? Like, well, if they would have come to me, I could have given them some oh, suggestions. Oh, they absolutely could have. I mean, you could have, you and you could have crushed this cop. So, you know, how about... I thought I'd give it a shot here. Please. How about here Coach Tomlin runs the machine with Mason Pickens, DJ, and Najee. We'll go to Warren when we need a touchdown. Right? That's not that that gets Pickens in too. Pickens yes. is missing from, no, you, from you the, made the whole thing work, and most importantly, you used his backing vocals, so I did not have to contribute my voice. <laughs> These are the important thing, you know. It's like uh, these are the things that matter to me. Oh, right. <laughs> no, but that was, uh, but that's great. I mean, this is this. Is, I mean, I think we all thought this. Uh, longtime Steeler fans, as soon as that Titans game went final, think about, well, what is the new "Here We Go" song going to be like? Ah, uh, I, I kind of it was a, it, I kind of forgot about it actually. Um, but I'm glad that the tradition lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, all right, I think that's what we've been talking about. Is That's it? what we've uh, been talking about. It is. All right. Uh, big thanks to the guys from the Stealing with the Boys podcast. Absolutely. Go check them out. Um, and they're obviously able to afford tickets to the NFL games. <laughs> so I got one on me. Um <laughs> uh, tune into Blank Slate on Game Show Network. I don't know what my date is yet, but it's got to be coming soon. It's That's now awesome. It's daily on uh, Game Show Network, so watch Blank Slate. I think it's 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, otherwise, you can find me on TikTok at Kyle Christ. Greg, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Hopefully, by then, they'll have released a new uh, Steelers playoff shirt. This was the one from the Kansas City game, and I bought it because I find these words are in the wrong order. But uh, you can find me on Instagram at Greg Benevent, uh, G-R-E-G, B as in boy, E-N-E, V as in victory, E-N-T. Lights, playoffs, action. Right. And, you know, the playoff, the action comes later. Right. I guess. That's why, that's part of the reason I bought this shirt. I thought there'd be a goofy playoff shirt this year and there hasn't been one. And it's Wednesday, so there's there's probably not going to be one now. No, you should have bought the uh, Drake, the $70 Drake <laughs> shirt, I guess, if you wanted to play. Who shirt. is in the playoffs? Yes. Who day? Who? <laughs> All right. Until next week when we're heading to Baltimore. Yeah. Keep listening to your coach. Be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school. <laughs>